Welcome to City Church. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church, encouraging everyone to follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. We're excited to share this sermon with you today, and you can always find out more about us online at citychurchseville.com. So this is the final sermon in the sermon series that's focused on prayer. When I've been up here pray or preaching, I have utilized the Lord's Prayer. And so today, again, this sermon will be the last in the series on prayer, and the title for this morning is Deliver Us. Deliver Us. Now, each Sunday, I've given the overarching purpose for this sermon series, and here it is again, that City Church would be more prayerful and Charlottesville would become more prayer-filled Another way to put it would be this, that you and I would be more prayerful and that the world around us would become more prayer-filled. The next thing I've mentioned every week is something that I learned from someone that I was able to serve under for about a year. His name was J. Robert Ashcroft. His His son, John Ashcroft, became the Attorney General of the United States, but he said something once when mentoring us in prayer, he said the following, you are part of the answer to every prayer you pray. And by the way, I've confessed each Sunday that ruined my prayer life. Because what I like are Jesus grenades that you lob over the wall and then you just walk away. Well, this actually called me to be accountable for my prayer life and how I could be involved. So again, you are part of the answer to every prayer that you pray. And then finally is this, is that the Lord's Prayer was intended by Jesus to be a daily prayer. It wasn't something that you'd pray just in church. But Jesus, as a Jewish rabbi, was teaching a new Shema, a new prayer that would be prayed twice a day in the morning and in the evening. So let's stand together. Sorry for those weary medical people again. But let's stand together and we're going to read or say from memory the Lord's Prayer, which is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, and it's brought to us in the Sermon on the Mount. This then is how you should pray. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You may be seated. What I had brought out over the past several weeks is the following. First of all, your kingdom come, your will be done is the center of the prayer. It's the reason for it. And a good way to pray it is your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives in Charlottesville as it is in heaven. The other things, two more things I would wanted to remind us of was four weeks ago, I preached a message on the following part of the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. And what we learned is that word epiusos in Greek is only found in this prayer anywhere in the Greek language. And a better translation is not daily bread, it's tomorrow's bread. Give us today tomorrow's bread. In other words, 
There's a calling when we pray this prayer twice a day to move away from our anxious presence and move towards God's presence. It's that sense where twice a day you are called out of the fear of there not being enough or a fear of lack which causes us to be insecure, selfish, ungenerous, and unkind. Then last week we looked at the phrase, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And what we learned last week is that forgiveness is the currency of the kingdom of God and of love. And when we pray this prayer twice a day, we are reminded twice a day that forgiveness is essential for life. It is. Now what we're going to look at this morning are these two thoughts. The prayer where we pray, God lead us, God deliver us. We're gonna look at lead us and deliver us. Now, the prayer that we pray is quite simple. And the prayer is that God lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, being blunt, usually at the end of my sermons, I'll talk about feet to your faith. When we look at lead us and deliver us, feet to our faith happens right now. So I want to talk in depth about these two thoughts. Lead us not into temptation in the second one, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, most biblical scholars tell us this prayer would have been prayed in Aramaic, which in the first sermon that I preached, I mentioned how important that is. Abba, Father, our Father. If Jesus prayed this prayer in Aramaic, it means that Hebrew was no longer the central language for the religion. Any language will work. That's huge. And so Jesus in Aramaic spoke those words, our Father. And if the prayer was completely in Aramaic, we would discover that the word lead us, which is mission, is actually translated in two ways. It can be causative or permissive. Causative would mean that God would cause us like robots to avoid temptation. That's not true. The other way to translate that word in Aramaic is permissive. We could pray this prayer, God, do not permit us, do not permit us to walk into temptation. In other words, as 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, every time we're tempted, God, please provide a way of escape, and he does. But here's what I know about Pete Hartwig. I don't want to speak for you, but I want to speak for myself as I quote to us from the great hymn, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. There's something about the compass of the human heart that tacks away from the things of God. And yet this daily prayer that was to be prayed twice a day calls us to be reminded that we look to God to lead us, not into temptation, but when we move in that direction, that he would provide a way of escape. Now listen to these words, and lead us, lead us. I know in my own life, when I step out of God's best, I don't want to talk about us. I want to talk about me, my, and mine. That's what I want to talk about. 
And in three decades of being a pastor, I've observed his people step off what's God's best and move towards what isn't. They never bring those decisions to the community. They do those alone. But notice what the prayer is. Lead us. It's not just me. It's about the community that God has called me to be a part of. Now again, notice the prayer. Lead us. Have you ever definitively asked God to lead your life? Have you ever done that? Have you prayed this prayer innumerable times but never really asked God to lead your life? I want to challenge you, to encourage you, to even beg you that this morning, during this service, whether you're watching online or worshiping in this sanctuary, that you would stop and you would ask God to lead your life. There's a lot of words for it in scripture. It's being born again, born from above, being saved. But all of it means that you make a choice to step into the kingdom of God and make him the leader of your life through Jesus. But what I know is a lot of people pray this prayer and they've never meant it once. But I want to encourage you that if this is the daily prayer of the Christian, that you would take this opportunity in this moment to make the choice that you will follow Jesus, that you will follow him. Now here's the other thing that I am certain of, is that when Jesus taught this prayer for the first time on the Sermon on the Mount, he had a 100% Jewish audience. Everyone there was Jewish. And when Jesus got to the point in this new Shema, this new daily prayer, when he got to that point and he said this, and lead us, every Jewish person there instantly thought of the 23rd Psalm. All of them would have. Because they know in the Jewish mind that being led by God means he's your shepherd, that he leads you. And so what I wanted to do for us is I wanted to read briefly the 23rd Psalm. And here's what the 23rd Psalm says. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters and he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The reality of it is, is every single person wants a guide, not a map. A map is stagnant. A map is just little lines on the paper. But when we say to God, please lead us, what we're asking for is a guide, not a list of rules, not a list of do's and don'ts. What we're looking for is a living God who literally is our shepherd and guides us and directs us. Ultimately, in this prayer, we're looking to God saying, God, you know the way. 
Help me to follow you. I trust you. You are the shepherd. Now let's move towards the second part of the prayer before we close. The second part of the prayer is this. Lead us not in temptation, first part. Second one, but deliver us from the evil one. The word deliver in Greek is a fascinating word. It's the Greek word ru-o-mahi. And the word deliver is taken from the root word irayo, which means to draw to oneself. So what we quickly understand in the definition is that deliverance by God is not where he pulls you out of something and sets you over here and you go off on your merry way. Innately embedded in the word deliver is this that God will deliver you from something but draw you to himself. That when he delivers you, he pulls you into who he is. When God rescues you, he does it to bring you to himself. So the definition is to draw or rescue a person and to, to and for the deliverer. Listen, I've been a pastor for a long time. I have very dear friends of mine who call me when they're in trouble. They'll call me up and say, Pete, I need prayer. But I want you to notice the order of the prayer. It begins with God lead me. And then it goes to God deliver me. It starts with the commitment that you and I make that God will lead me. That comes first. If you're one of those people that you find your spiritual life isn't about God leading you, it's just about God delivering you, I want to tell you that's the exhausting way to follow God. The best way to follow God is to keep the Lord's Prayer in its order. To come to God by faith and say, God, I want you to lead me. You're the shepherd. I'm the sheep. And you'll find that you're praying, God, deliver me a whole lot less. But also notice this. The word deliver means that God pulls you out of something to himself. That's innately what the word means. Again, it means to draw to oneself, to rescue and then bring to oneself. Now, the other thing to take note of, though, is that in the NIV, it says this, but deliver us from the evil one. In the Greek, the word one isn't there. It just says this, deliver us from the, it's a definitive article, the evil. That's why in the NIV, it says evil one. It's trying to show you what the text says. But I want you to notice in the daily prayer that we are called to pray, there's this permeating thought. There is an evil personage that's real. I know in the Western world, we're not comfortable talking about this. And yet the Bible from page one, two, and three on is very comfortable talking to us about the fact that there is an opposing personage to God's best in this world. 
that there's actually an active force that opposes God's best. And the Lord's Prayer announces this again. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Gather us to yourself away from the evil, capital E. What I've learned is that people can unwittingly and some even willingly partner with the evil. Many people do it unwittingly because they don't believe that the evil exists. And yet Jesus in his new Shema, in his daily prayer, is discipling us to recognize that there is an opposing force to God's best in this world. There's an opposing force. Now here's what I think about a lot. Pastorally, I want people to be free. Anyone who leads a group of people wants them to be free. And that's why here at City, for those who have been at times overcome by the evil one, find that their souls become tainted and even damaged from it. And that's why here at City, for many years now, I have kind of mentored or led through this course, this discipleship course at City Church called Soul Care. We've watched hundreds of people go through soul care and learn the basic discipleship principles of the evil one and how to walk differently in that regard. I wanted to make mention for those of you who are alumni or current students of that course that this coming weekend, this next weekend, Friday night, Saturday morning, and Saturday evening, Rob Reamer will be with us the author of the Soul Care book, and we're inviting all alumni from City Church who've been through the discipleship course to be with us, and you can sign up for that online. But I take very seriously, personally, and pastorally, the concept of the evil one. But notice what the text says. The text says this so clearly, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. And here's what the text teaches us. 1 Corinthians 1.13. He, meaning God, rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Colossians 2.15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, Christ made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. In other words, when they came at him, when the evil came at him with everything it had, every violence, every dysfunction, and every sense of trying to dominate through violence and cruelty, Jesus passed through it. And the text says that on the cross when they were making a spectacle of him, he actually was making a spectacle of them. That in what Jesus did, he triumphed through the cross and now he has authority over those darkness and those powers. And Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 through 15 says this, Therefore, since the children, that's me and you, since the children share in flesh and in blood, 
he himself likewise also partook of the same. In other words, God took on flesh in Christ to fully experience the evil. Reading on. He himself also partook of the same, the flesh and blood, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power over death, that is, the devil, and he might free those from the fear of death who were subject to death and were in slavery to it all of their lives. So what the Lord's Prayer teaches us is deep and profound. But it's important to understand that Jesus in the daily prayer teaches us to pray this. Lord, lead us. Lead us not into temptation. But then there's the second part. But deliver us from the evil. The evil. Here's what I know to be true. If you combat the evil on your own, you lose. But if you combat it in him, you win. That's how it works. I'm going to ask that we would stand together at the close of this message. And as we stand together, I don't know where you're at in your faith. I simply don't know. But what I do believe is, as we now close our eyes, whether at home and worshiping online or here in the sanctuary, but as we close our eyes, there are some of us who are hearing this simple sermon and you're very familiar with the evil. You know it. You understand it. And you know then in far too many ways, the evil has had free reign in your life. What I want to encourage you to do in this moment is to back up and pray the first part. God, lead me. I commit from this moment on by faith that Jesus, you will lead my life. And then Jesus, when I face the tough stuff and the evil comes, I pray that you would rescue me. You would deliver me to yourself. That you would draw me to yourself. And in you, I will find the protection and the deliverance I need. I don't know where you're at on the spectrum of a faith journey. But my prayer has been that this morning, you every woman and every man would make the choice to follow Jesus, to say, Jesus, lead me. And that the second prayer would be true too, that you would learn to trust him to deliver you from the evil one and you would cease to trying to do it in your own strength. Jesus, thank you for who you are Thank you that the text teaches us that you are with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray over those who are wrestling in this moment because we'd rather do life in our own strength and do it in our own way 
I pray for all of us that we would surrender that in this moment, that we would surrender our lives to you, and that this prayer would put feet to our faith, where we would truly live and pray, God, lead me. God, deliver me.